Welcome back. Happy Friday, sis. I'm teaching Esther inside the community, which you can join in on for free by heading to hervenewstrength.com forward slash community. Today, I'm recapping week two of our study, which included a line-by-line review of chapters one through three. And in these three chapters, we learn about how Esther became queen to a very prideful king and how the fate of the Jewish people became threatened by a man identified as the enemy of the Jews. I encourage you to grab your Bible, a pen, a highlighter, a notebook, or a journal to take notes because we are digging in in three, two, one. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz-Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. Well, well, this chapter one, two, and three review today is not going to be as robust as it is inside the community. So if you're looking for more detail, because I am going to be reading a lot of just straight verses from scripture. But if you want a breakdown of what these verses mean, some background information, some interpretations and theories about more to do with with what is shared here, I encourage you to head to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community if you're not already inside the community. I'm happy to take questions if you have any and to circle back with you if I haven't addressed them inside of our daily study. But this is really just a recap. So I'll start in chapter one. Queen Vashti is deposed and we see that King Xerxes I is preparing to invade Greece, which is preceded by a six-month display of his wealth, etc. So he has this at the end of it, a seven-day banquet. And we see in Esther chapter one, verse eight, it says, By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. Now Queen Vashti is also giving a banquet at that time for the women in the royal palace. Then we see that Esther chapter 1 verses 10 through 12 tell us, On the seventh day, when King Xerxes was high in spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him to bring before him Queen Vashti, wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. This is very important for a number of reasons. I'm going to highlight a couple in just a moment. But there are some theories as to whether or not, not whether or not, but why she refused to come. I cover those inside the community. I'm not going to get into that here. If I start to get into all the weeds, I will literally 
be here for hours. But really what I want to highlight is that the reason this was important is because it leads to Queen Vashti being treated as an example. So ultimately, King Xerxes consults his law and justice experts, and it's concluded that, we see this is a direct quote from Esther chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples for all the provinces of King Xerxes, for the queen's conduct will become known to all women. And so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. And then we skip ahead to verse 18. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. So this act of defiance from King Vashti was being seen as a possible precedent to be set for the rest of the women in the kingdom which could potentially lead to them disobeying and defying their husbands, the other nobles and people inside of King Xerxes' kingdom. And this, again, is taking place in Persia. So what do they do? They decide that it would be appropriate to essentially banish Queen Vashti. We see in verse 19, Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. It's not said in this text what happens to her. But if you head to a website, any Jewish website where they talk more about this particular book in different ways, there are some theories, including the theory that Vashti was probably executed. But that's not exclusively stated here. We just know that she's never to enter the king's presence again. And if you listen to last week's episode, we know that King Xerxes is not the most stable guy. So I'm not sure that that would be the worst thing for me if I was her. All right. So the king and his nobles were pleased with this advice. So the king did as his men proposed. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in its own script, and to each people in their own language, proclaiming that was going to be done, right? Okay, so what's not said in the text is that King Xerxes ends up invading Greece and he fails. He is not successful. And I want to say about four years later, chapter two begins, all right? And I provide a timeline, a chronology of the book of Esther inside of the community. I highly recommend heading into the community and really working through those short, daily studies. Okay. There's videos you can watch the replay because I get into all of that. So we see in chapter two that when King Xerxes fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the King's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the King. That implies that he was lonely. So they're like, let's, let's find somebody else. Right. So what they do is appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem, which is a place where these young women live, his concubines live, at the citadel of Susa, which is the province that he was in specifically. So they are placed under the care of one of his eunuchs who's in charge of the women, and they're prepared for basically a beauty pageant, including Esther. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. 
Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me. I get it. Let George Joy Podcast Production and Management Services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message George Joy at Facebook.com forward slash George Joy. All right, back to the show. Now, Esther, her name is not actually Esther. We know that her name is, her Persian name is Esther. Her Jewish name is Hadassah. And her cousin, Mordecai, is the person who raised her because her parents died when she was young. So she's described as a young woman who has a lovely figure and was beautiful. Okay. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, she was also taken to the king's palace and entrusted to this eunuch who had charge of the harem. Okay. She ends up winning his favor. He likes her a lot, the guy who's in charge of all the all the women. Not only that, everybody who encounters Esther likes Esther. She's popular. Okay. She's got a lot of favor coming from every direction. And when she's prepared to go into meet with the king, the king ends up liking her the most. He is most attracted to her. And so he declares that she is going to be queen. So he sets a royal crown on her head. This is in chapter two, verse 17. And he made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet. Esther's banquet for all his nobles and officials, and he proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with royal liberty. Then we see that her cousin, Mordecai, uncovers a conspiracy. It's implied that Mordecai is a person of authority because he has access to places where normal people don't just have access to. Okay, so he uncovers a conspiracy at the king's gate and he finds that these two officers who guarded the doorway were conspiring to assassinate the king. So he makes the right people aware. He tells Esther or he has someone tell Esther. Esther reports it. It's investigated. and It's found to be true. And it was recorded in the uh, the chronicles of the king. Okay, all these guys have like a big book of all their accomplishments and things that are relevant. So it gets recorded in that book. So that's Something that we're going to set aside because we're going to come back to that at a later time. So if you're taking notes, just make a, a note on chapter two, verses like 19 through 20, what is this, three, that you should come back to this later. This is important. We see in chapter three that there is a guy. His name is Haman. Haman is identified as the enemy of the Jews. I go into the significance of this title inside of the community, but to just give you a very, very brief explanation. He's related to the king Saul was supposed to annihilate when he killed the Amalekites, but Saul didn't kill everybody. He let the king go. And this guy is a descendant of the king. And we know that the Amalekites were known as enemies of the Jews. So this guy is enemy of the Jews. He ends up becoming a person who's elevated and given a seat of honor higher than all of the other nobles in the Persian empire at that time. Okay. So this dude, Haman, he is essentially one of the top guys, like one of the King's right wing dudes. When we read ahead, we see that Haman interacts with Mordecai pretty regularly. And eventually 
Haman has some sort of law, you know, kind of ushered in and signed off by the king where when people see Haman, they're supposed to bow to him. But Mordecai, he doesn't bow to him. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And when asked, Mordecai simply says, I'm a Jew. So not only does Haman's anger burn up against Mordecai, but against all the Jewish people. And he takes his, his beef back to the king. He says, listen, there are these people who are different. They live differently. They follow different laws. They are set apart. And I think that's beautiful because when we hear the term set apart, it actually is what the word holy means, to be set apart. So he says these people are set apart, okay? So he tells the king, and this is in chapter three, verse eight, there is a certain people dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those of all the other people and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them and I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So he bribes the king. And what does the king say? Do as you please, keep the money. So they write out the script for each province in each language of each people. And Haman's orders to, you know, that are stamped on by the king are sent out to the provinces. And how is it received? This decree that they're now going to destroy and kill and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and children, it is met with bewilderment. People are like, what? You know? And I mean, if that went out now, people would be in a full uproar, at least here in America. So this enemy of the Jews rises up, gains favor with the king, so much so that he can enter these decrees into law, get the king's seal of approval, and, and have it sent out to the provinces and prepare to kill all the Jewish people. And when that decree was sent out, the king and this man Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. Now, this is where we stop today, but the reason this is important is because who's Jewish? Esther, Queen Esther. What I didn't say is that earlier Mordecai had told Esther not to reveal her nationality, right? And Esther, having been raised by Mordecai, she honored him and took his advice. So she had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. So that's very, very important. And we're going to see that play out in the rest of Esther. Now, there is a lot of nuance that I have not covered. And again, if I did take the time to do that now, this would not be a 20-minute podcast episode. This would be an hour and 20-minute podcast episode. And as much as I would love to, to pour that into the podcast, there's a, a space and a place for that. And that's inside the community. So if you want more, if you want to learn more about the nuance, if you want the connections to the Old Testament, you want to learn more about what the original language was saying, a lot more about the additional resources, you know, additional historians who are talking about King Xerxes and things that were happening about the time. I, I share all of that inside of the community. I want to invite you to join me. It's not too late. You can catch the replays, get caught up and hang out with us and it's going to be good. So 
head to hurrynewshrink.com forward slash community. If you are in the community, you know that today we have our fellowship call. It's going down on Zoom. Link is inside of the community and I'm excited to hang out with y'all. So I pray that this was a blessing to you. I hope I see you on the inside of the community. And if I don't, I will see you on the next one. God bless you guys. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.